Well, so Richard Angle, mm. is it Angle or Angel? I think it's Angel. Angel. I presume some kind of Spanish like. But he's, at the moment, because he's all falling apart and he's, you know, every. Progr- every... Progress are on the road. Oh, yeah, they're terrible. I yeah. did see a, a sweet hot take of um, Progress where it's like. Progress is really is all entirely funded by um, by their by their members. It's a very grassroots organization. It's like only because your rich backer ditched you because you're useless. And also, did you see that last time they did that fundraising drive? I think their their kind of grassroots is a very very well manicured lawn. <laughs> but Richard Angle, he's at the end of his career now. Are How the, old well, is he? Because he's middle aged. He looks his Twitter profile looks middle aged. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But so at first, because he's a cunning heel in wrestling parlance, yeah. and he was like. Trip like when when they were, when like he was first like in charge of progress yep. and progress were on the were doing well in the Labour Party they had their firm grasp on the reins of power. He's like Triple H after the Royal Rumble match with um, Cactus Jack. Yeah, where he's gone through this bloody mess and everyone loves him. He's like either that or when Triple H came back after he blew his quads and everyone cheered for him for the only time in his entire life. Yes, and now he's a Triple H. Kind of around the CM Punk era, We're where no one like... cares anymore. He thinks he's like the game. He's this amazing cerebral genius, but really, all he has is a hammer and some half baked theories. <laughs> We're talking about like kind of after the year of hell when mm. no one, everybody hated him because he just held on to the belt for so long. Yeah, Richard Angle would make himself like multi. He'd make himself um, lord of two different places, yeah. a couple of MP ships, and he'd be he'd also have a couple of positions in the cabinet. I'm really impressed, like because like. The, the angle tweet about where he says, well, Momentum have destroyed uh, the AWL and now they're after... Uh, oh, they're after the post-1995 Benite faction. Um, Whatever the f- as if it's like, oh my God, they're coming to destroy the decent far left <laughs> that we like. Definitely not the trot parties we literally were having a go at six weeks ago. Yeah. But that's an impressive thing because Momentum have changed the Overton window so much and that that's... If you come out of momentum and Corbynism with nothing else, yeah. changing it so that Richard Angle, the director of progress, thinks that momentum are a real threat to Trotskyist entryist organizations. It's really bizarre. It's great. It's, I love it. You need that. It's so refreshing. You get to talk about that stuff again. Yeah. He's an odd boy, isn't he? Mm. He's an odd boy. Well, they all they it all happens to them at some point. They all get the um they all get the Blairite rabies. Yeah. In that their worldview is challenged to such an extent that they just become gibbering wrecks. Yeah, he's young enough to be a Tory, though, so he'll be a Tory soon. Yeah. Within the decade. I mean, not, like, it, not by 2020. I think by most metrics, he's kind of a Tory already. Well, yeah. But, you know, he's, at, the moment he's, <laughs> at the moment he's a Dan Hodges Tory in that he hasn't started paying money and actively trying to get money for the Tories. He's just trying to destroy the Labour Party. <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode 41 of We Don't Talk About The Weather, political discussion that to the uninitiated major sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and I'm here with Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week's news. Mm. Most important news, my puppy has started to pee like a grown up boy dog. He cocked yeah. his leg and everything. Oh, I did see that that's, on Saturday night actually. That's pretty, it's, pretty, did, uh... it's pretty cute, pistol off a wall. <laughs> um, that's pretty good, that's pretty good. That's that's the main news of the week. <laughs> that's it. That's it, that's, that's all it is. Um, <laughs> I'm teaching him to kiss because I'm one of those guys who kisses his dog. <laughs> or at least wants to be portrayed as someone who teaches a dog how to kiss. Yes. 
<laughs> I am just going to pimp him out. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah. what's happened this week? Um, I wanted to start talking talking about the second referendum, Nigel Farage and the second referendum. I heard um, on LBC this weekend Nigel Farage talking to Alistair Campbell on a Sunday morning, and I wanted to kill myself <laughs> um, because that's and, you and just they're both not on the listen same to LBC. Like, um, I listen to well, what we've been over this. What do I listen to instead? What do I listen to on the radio in the bedroom? Thrash. <laughs> what? Where can I listen to Thrash? Like, where's a 24-7 Thrash radio station? Listen to Spotify. Oh, I can't have Spotify in the bedroom. Um, I know it's probably very easy, but I'm very stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so he was talking to Alistair Campbell. Um, so he They're came both out... on the same side now. Oh, oh God! Yeah, and you've seen Alistair Campbell's fantastic fashion line. You see that he sells um Remainer hoodies and Remainer shirts that he's had printed up. They look really badly made. We were talking about this last week, and like they were winner of our um, uh, downward spiral award for 2017. Yeah, they're pretty. But like pro Europe Remainers, and like Nigel Farage has come out this week and said. we, like he's in favour of the idea of having a, sec- a second referendum to settle the question once and for all, as if it wasn't settled already. Yeah, mm. jerk off motion is right. Yeah, um, and like all these fucking idiots, mm. these goddamn fucking morons, mm. they're like, oh yeah, you see, he wants a second referendum. It's like, yeah. Nigel Farage has never had any ulterior motives whatsoever. <laughs> he's always been on you the know, level. He's always he's definitely he a smart work. thinking man. The see that it's it's not like the fact that they want the second referendum. We know they want the second referendum. Hmm. But it's the fact that of all of the superlatives they're willing to use when hmm. one of the people who they've spent the last year hmm. calling like a the liar. worst person <laughs> in the calling world. Calling him a duplicitous liar, an idiot. All these things like um, the massive racism now, mm. and it's the way they do it. It's like now, oh, maybe he isn't as much of a liar and an idiot as we thought he was. It's like no, no, the man's lied all his life. Yeah, it just so happens that you know his wages were being garnished by the EU. His political career is pretty much over, and funnily enough, he wants to reignite the time when he was politically most important and powerful. Yeah, crazy that, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh, um, yeah. So if there was another, if there was another. Um, Brexit vote, if there was another EU referendum. Yeah. How would you vote? Because I've got an unusual vote. And that is, I go to the hills with guns. And, and then I, I was literally say, come cock down. And, cock and balls on the, on the <laughs> I come slip, down at but... night with my revolutionaries. <laughs> um, not really after anything. Just, just, just slaughter. Because <laughs> I just can't take it anymore. I can't. I can't. I thought that the one positive thing about the Brexit vote is perhaps people will shut up, but it's just made them talk about it more. Oh no! And he's re- he's like this is this is it again now. Mm. That will be the talking point. And like some of their fucking the like Remainer rhetoric. Like, look, I don't like the Brexit people. They are mm. not my people. They're not right. my politics at all. Mm. But there was a chance when you had such a. I felt the same way about like the Scottish independence thing. I felt like the best thing for my politics at the time, for the politics I wanted to see, mm. was that you could start making arguments again about the good things mm. that you wanted, that mm. you thought would be better for people, that would like lift people up. Mm. And Remainer, Brexiters were always going to, to be the very, very worst of capitalism. The hard right, the, mm. the, racist, the racist side, yeah. they were always going to be that. But like the Remainer side, they had a chance to actually take that on board and work out 
what actually brought them, like brought kind of that tendency to power. Mm. Why so many people were willing to do that. But no, they waited it and they became the like right wing commenter on the bottom of a like telegraph. If there's there's another vote, I'm looking forward to Ken Clark, David Miliband. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe they'll wheel out David Cameron. Tony uh, Blair, the dream team. Nick Clegg. Tony Blair, uh, Lord Clegg, please, Lord Clegg, um, to be the pro EU um, mm. Remain people, and they'll lose by even more. <laughs> yeah, even though the polls so show that actually at the moment more people want to remain, I there's no way that they can put a positive argument because they'll put the same argument for it. Yeah, and that argument is shit and untrue. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't you want to be part of this beautiful club? This beautiful club that. Suppresses leftists and puts up statues to Nazis. <laughs> We're the only thing that can stop the Nazis by working with Nazis. It's just like it's the lack of imagination. Yeah, they could have turned. They could have turned Brexit into anything. They could have said, "Okay, like let's take it honestly on the chin. Let's let's work out exactly what the problem is here. Yeah. Why are so many people mad at the EU?" Mm. And they did the thing that, frankly, we should have predicted that they would have done at the time and just called them stupid and wrote them off. Mm. And yeah, because that really like, how do you how do they expect to win a poll when they've just spent like a lot of time calling like pro Brexit people stupid and mm. uneducated and, and all that kind of stuff? Even the people who were unsure and then voted Brexit, they called them rudes. Yeah, stupid rudes. Yeah, and like some of the rhetoric coming out of there as well is mm. really fucking terrifying. Like um, all the stuff about like what we need is an end to tribalism and mm. for a statesman. By which they mean strong man yep. to step up and do what's best for the nation. Yeah. I've mentioned it before, mm. but when people start talking about putting aside political differences mm. and uniting to do what's best for the nation, that is a fascist notion. Mm. The idea of an end to politics, of an end to discussion and like conflict, mm. is a fascist notion. Mm. And they're not even... like It's a weird kind of very English fascism, because it's not even privileging like action and motion mm. and kind of energy and masculinity or any of that. Oh, no. It's a fascism of complete stasis. Oh, no. the thing is it's I want to be exactly where I am right now. The, um, you know? this this left this um kind of we'll call it James O'Brien fascism. Mm. This fascism wouldn't have massive statues, beautiful organized marches, flags, mm. a whole wave of new architecture. You know, some of the the few good things about a fascist overlord. I wouldn't call fascist architecture a good thing about fascism. Well, at least they try. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. At least they try. You have a regenerating spirit, maybe. Yeah, let's like What you'd have is like a forced watching of the um, Eurovision Song Contest and forcing Ed Sheeran at gunpoint to perform in it <laughs> and win it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's so it's our like, version of the Reichstag fire. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there's like there's nothing. They've got nothing, and they're promising nothing, but they're threatening a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so like at least Hitler promised them something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the thing is, like Hitler's like we don't talk we, about the weather. Your premier <laughs> English fascism podcast. What I'm saying it's like Hitler's like. We will make. We will be strong again. You know, we're being put down upon. We'll we'll get rid of these horrible Jews. All that kind of stuff. I mean, stuff. that's what they said. Yeah, like, that is yeah, the kind saying, of stuff. Yeah, but that they're, they're saying, saying that we'll go back to the glory days of two thousand seven. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so shit. Like that kind of pseudo, like sm, like smug intellectual, like that smug pseudo intellectualism mm. that is like 
I've read all of Richard Dawkins' books. Oh, yeah. That, like, Waterstones intellectual. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with Waterstones. I'm sure it's got a load of books. But there are people who buy the thing that you see when they first walk into Waterstones yeah, and don't have an idea about what else they want to buy. The person who walks into the non-fiction section looks around and sees the bit that's got the little bit of writing on. The yes. Weather, and it's like, ah, I shall read this. If you buy the book turned face towards you mm. in Waterstones... You may be one of these people, <laughs> unless it's what you were looking for already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. um that because that's their new their new hashtag is like um we are the opposition now. Yeah, they do, oh, they, they could pretend that they're the opposition. Well, they're the opposition yeah. too. Yeah, they're the opposition well, to the, the Labour opposition Party. They're for. Tories. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. They're opposition to Corbyn. They're Tories again. Yeah, they're just being Tories again. But yeah, yeah. They, they, anyway, jump. It's enough of that. They can all jump off a cliff. It's enough of that. Yep. Um. So, one of our two main topics today, we're mm. going to talk about Toby Young, okay. which we weren't allowed to talk about last week. Because we yeah, um, I just need to get my, um, my prep work, um, and my prep work is a picture of Toby Young to focus on. Um, <laughs> George Orwell was right, five minutes hate. Oh, it's quite hard. It's like, which one do I choose? Do I choose the one with him raising his fist, looking mean, him with a shit-eating grin, possibly imagining... Oh no, I, got mixed, I was getting mixed up with um, Charles Corrin there. I was like possibly imagining sexually assaulting his daughter. But no, I'll go for the one with the when he's tilting the glasses. No, no, no. Toby cool. Young's the guy who imagines sexually assaulting someone else's daughter That's who the they've one. mistaken for their wife. That's the one. That's yeah. literally true, by the way. Yeah, it is literally true. You, well, actually, Maybe not knows. the sexual assault bit, but like, yeah. yeah. But at least, you know, he probably... Mm, yeah, he's so rob one out. He's so rob one out to an award ceremony. God... He's the worst. And, and I'm not going to kink shame, but that actually, that's a kink that does deserve to be shamed. If you rub one out during an award show... <laughs> what about after? Well, it depends. There we go, right. <laughs> it depends, like, if you won. What would be inclusive? <laughs> Harm reduction is what it's about. Um, so he was... Uh, oh, God, why? Like, every one of his, his, um, his photos is... Just the worst, and sums him up better than you ever could, because I can't. Like he is, he's he a man. a signet ring on his little finger. Yeah, because I bet he had that. It, he came up in the nineties, so I bet he and lived in London. Mm. Therefore, he had the Guy Ritchie, I'm a Cockney tough guy phase. Yeah, where he wore like donkey jackets and stuff, right? Yeah, he probably did. Definitely with a suit. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, like a football manager. Yeah. Um, so he's a, he was I say he's in the news this week. He was in the news two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, because I think it was on New Year's Day. Yeah. They announced that like they were going to form like really early in the morning. Really like early, which like makes as me the even, fireworks are going off, which makes me even more suspicious. But we'll yeah. get we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the government are forming this thing called the Office for Students, which would be like a regulator for English universities. Um, and they announced the panel, the hmm. panel that would sit around the table for this office of students. Hmm. Uh, it contained a former executive of HSBC, a managing director of Boots, um, and Toby Young. <laughs> so Nobody does, from the NUS. Well, no, you shouldn't have anyone from the NUS to talk about what's going on with students, not at all. <laughs> they don't know anything. Yeah. They don't know anything. What you want to do is you want to go to a man who accidentally got into Oxford <laughs> because of a, it was a mishap, wasn't it, with a filing? Yeah. Like he got in by accident. He got in by accident. He didn't get the grades. Yeah. <laughs> oh god bless you not man but his supposed expertise is because he was on the forefront of Cameron's attempt to um, well successful attempt uh, to create free schools hmm. which were whenever a council had a, a were, if, if there were enough 
um, interest from a business or a religious group or um, a community or governors yeah. But, uh, yeah, that would make up a, a board of governors, they had to give them support to set up their own school. I th- yeah, or um, they could take over a school if it was failing. I believe so, yeah, if the yeah. council uh, allowed but I think it. they've changed that now and that can even happen for good schools. I, there's more money in... Um, taken over a good school than it is taken over a failing school. Yeah, it's kind of like notable that a lot of the stories around the time, um, the kind of neutral stories that were just like reporting this, were saying like, oh yeah, a former executive of HSBC, a managing director of Boots, and the journalist, Toby Young. Not the Free Schools founder, because he also famously <laughs> fucked up the free school that he was in charge of, and yeah. resigned, and then wrote a column about how he didn't realise how hard it was going to be. Didn't he do like free... Didn't he do a couple of free schools as well? Oh uh, yeah, he was in charge of like a free school uh, free school network because that yeah. was the idea that they would set up networks. Because he was going to fill it full of celebrities, yeah. celebrity teachers. He was going like, to he was going to have like um, oh, like Jamie Oliver cooking, teaching mm. them how to do home economics. Neil Ferguson teaching them how to uh, do imperialism. <laughs> um, my daughter's doing a history A level. Yeah, and one of one of the um, actually it's um she's doing a thing at the moment for. It's like Oxbridge class. Like yeah. you do all the stuff to try and get into those universities. Yeah. And on the on the reading list of stuff that you've got to read is one of them is the Bible, but another one it's a bunch what? of other folk. Yeah, to, to get into Oxford Cambridge, you're supposed to have read the Bible. Lily's like, I can't be able to read the Bible. I don't want to read the Bible. It's like just fine. Read his yeah. materials. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Um, but I recommend a little book called The God Delusion. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Noel Ferguson's on that list. What? <laughs> and she's livid. And yeah. also one of her history teachers is livid. What book is... Do you know? Do you remember what book it was? Oh, it's, that really, it's a really Is it like book. six Western civilization killer apps? <laughs> I think it's... Um, Guns, I think it's diseases, that, I think it's aggression. That one, that one really successful one of his is like Empire? Or? Empire, yeah. 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 I think it's that one. But yeah, she's not particularly happy with Noel Ferguson. She, find, she finds his writing... She said... Dull and pedestrian. It is. And that's a 17-year-old cult's review of it. He didn't used to be like that. I never agreed with him, but he was, a, at the very least, a, like an interesting writer. But he's been... He's been he's too far in the conservative movement oh, now, yeah. so he's been tamed, mm. like, yeah. they all, like they all are. But that actually... Back to the man who can't actually but, write a sentence but, and then never has been able to write a sentence. That actually makes sense as well, because, you know, if you've read anything around education, you know that kind of it is under that right-wing assault Mm. uh universities in many ways like universities have always been an obsession for the right Mm. like way back to like the 80s and 90s culture wars well it goes back because they never got laid at university well it was when they it was um they they didn't they felt in the in the minority and um as far as they were concerned it was full of marxists which Mm. i have been to university it's not true but if you're going to find a marxist you probably find it at a university (laughs) The reason is that they were chucked out of everywhere else. Yeah, they were chased out. <laughs> they don't have anywhere else. Now, yeah. if you were looking at a kind of fairness doctrine like, of where else are you gonna find, a society... Like, where else are you going to find a, a Marxist except in like, academic professions? Are you going to find them like in the police force? <laughs> yeah. You'd probably find a couple of Marxists in the fire service. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, where would one hunt for a Marxist? <laughs> Waterstones. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, back to Toby Young, a man who is a man who is also he has failed at everything. That's what we were kind of discussing on our worst hack list. Mm. And I mean, he didn't. I don't think he he didn't make it to like number one because he's kind of he has he's got the he's got because similar to Nick Cohen, he's got like the same mm. take every time. But he's got he is a 
he's a bewildering figure because he is a spectacular failure. Oh, gotcha. Like, you would think it was an art project. Mm. You would think it was a really long-term art project mm. to portray the sins of an entire generation in one man. Yeah. He's the most privileged, entitled failure mm. in the British, like, superstructure, whatever, like, society, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um... Like you say, his dad his dad was a lord, a Labour peer. Mm. Um, literally wrote the book on meritocracy mm. um, in a satirical way because he didn't like the concept. Yeah. But in any case, like then uh, before he died, had a go at Tony Blair about the fact that he was applying the ideas that he wrote in this merit- meritocracy book yeah. that he meant as a satire. Tony Blair was applying them for real. Well, yeah, because of course Tony Blair did. And like, like you say... Uh, kind of fluked his way into Oxford, Yeah, hung around at, kind of, like, set up a failure of a magazine that I understand was very influential, Was I was too young to really understand its impact, which yeah, is so modern, the, modern review. The only thing, I, the only time I've ever heard of that is, uh, was James O'Brien talking about how much he wanted to work for, wanted to write for it mm. when he was at university. So it's... It was like kind of what would Proust think of the Terminator films? Like that kind of thing, you know? So like BuzzFeed... <laughs> Well, yeah, but it, it, now, it, like they, like Julie Birchall talks about that, and that's, she was another person on the on the Modern Review. Um, like everybody does that. Every culture section, every newspaper is like that. So in yeah. its way, it was influential. Hmm. But kind of, he couldn't manage it. He apparently he's kind of tried to turn it into a bit of a lads mag. By the end, um, there's a there's a bit in um, her biography. I've actually got it what here. What would think of these norks? Um, uh, here, duh, 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 he was his defiant when Julie Birchall met Toby Young. Um, his defiance of the era's fashion codes appealed to Birchall's contrarian streak. I would take great delight in pissing off all the face crowd by taking Toby round to parties with me. She recalls he was very right wing. He always carried a rolled up copy of the Sun in his pocket. There we go. See, oh my god, uh, Guy Ritchie snatch era, a rolled up copy, of Cockney right winger, because that's what he thinks. The sun. Yeah. Um, well, you might need to rub one out in the toilets. Uh, she claims he tried to turn the magazine into a knocking shop, putting the likes of Elizabeth Hurley on the cover, thanks to motivations that were more libidinous than intellectual. One passage, oh, in, her, one passage in her autobiography traced her disenchantment with Toby Young thus. Toby was no longer a bright-eyed boy attractive to glamour girls, but a balding man who played Shepherd's Bush prostitutes, and naturally his stewardship of the magazine was affected <laughs> by his growing rancidity. <laughs> Toby Young rejects, laughingly rejects such talk. I don't think there are any prostitutes in Shepherd's Bush, he says. What's he done to them? (laughs) 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 Sounds very sure of himself. He chased them all out. That sounded like fact rather than like a a pithy (laughs) put-down. Yeah, but he's got, and he's got that, um, he's kind of, through no real effort, and we've done one of his columns Mm. before. Yeah, it was the one about, was, was it... Oh, well, I did um, talk about how, how he, the one about how he doesn't have any friends. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, because because yeah, it was like, that was last year, wasn't it? That was his bachelor party, wasn't it? It was yeah, his, his stag do, his and stag do, and nobody, he, he, nobody came, including his best man who organised it. Yeah, it was the um, was it that how he stopped believing in the friendship myth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just so funny. Um, but yeah, he wrote like How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, which again I understand is one of those nineties ur texts. Then yeah, Simon Pegg among the wankers. Um, yeah. <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Uh and yeah, he kind of he got he kind of put out his spot about he kind of 
staked his claim to being this controversialist. But all of his stuff's dumb. It's not controversial. Mm. It's like dumb. Except I would say probably for his views on eugenics. Yeah. Um, which was the other thing that I'm actually quite glad we didn't do it last week. Because it was because just the eugenics stuff. The, he uh, attended more than a couple of conferences from, I think it was the Institute of Intelligence. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's, he got an email right, like that said, you've graduated from the Institute of Intelligence, and he clicked on it as fast as he possibly could. Did, it, did he get the email based on like the camera in his computer looked at his face? You know how like those um, those Japanese cameras um, didn't pick up black people's faces, <laughs> yeah. but it's that kind of technology that just picks up like just picks up skin tone. It's like, aha, you have won. <laughs> you have been given a master's degree for the university. No, what it was, he got rooted to a page and it had one of those shell games on it, and he had to guess where the ball was. Congratulations! Him, Send twenty five pounds to fifty tries, but he got it eventually. <laughs> Because he's smart, all you got to do is reload the page. Yeah. The same thing comes up. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there was the other thing that was at that eugenics conference at UCL, <laughs> which, you know, UCL, which did shop every Asian student to, the, to, um, to prevent. Yeah, to prevent. They had this eugenics conference for years without realizing mm. it, supposedly. Um, but one of the other speakers is someone who has um, a more nuanced take on paedophilia. Yeah, the one it's about importance to hear from the whole spectrum, isn't it? Yeah, because his idea was um, of what you crime. Do, what you do to um, to deal with paedophilia is because, well, I've read a lot of like um, Volcel stuff on Incel stuff on um, Reddit. <laughs> yeah. before it got shut down for being a, a hive of monsters, um, the idea of reverse rape of if a woman says no, that that's kind of the same as rape. Um, <laughs> Because it's so damaging to your self-esteem. <laughs> that this bloke's idea for paedophilia is you can't have a paedophile like not have sex with children. So what you do is you drug a child and then they're unconscious and then they don't know what happened. And then it's fine. And it's like, so your nuanced take, your idea to fix the paedophile problem is drug and rape children. That's one that's been going for a while now. <laughs> Doesn't violate the... Uh, the uh... Initiation of violence principle. Uh, so the non-aggression principle, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it checks out. I've 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 done the maths. So that's that was the thing that Toby Young was doing. That no major he paper came out, broke. The stu- like a student. It was paper. a student paper in London, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the London student who broke yeah. it. Amazing. Like I just like the idea of like they were walking past a room at UCL and they heard them singing Deutschland über Alice on the horse vessel and they were like, What's going on here? <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time... The reason why it kind of rings a bell is because it's not the, really the first time he's proposed views like this. Oh, God, no. Um, he uh, wrote a bit a few years ago. My proposal is this. Once this technology, genetically engineered intelligence, becomes available, why not offer it free of charge to parents on low incomes with below average IQs? Provided there is sufficient take-up, it could help to address the problem of flatlining intergenerational social mobility and serve as a counterweight to the tendency for the meritocratic elite to become a hereditary elite. It might make all the difference when it comes to the long-term sustainability of advanced meritocratic societies. I really like that idea, because the idea that it's like, okay, you're poor and stupid, so, because instead of, like, sure start, what you're going to have is this gene therapy. Okay, your child will be super smart. One of the side effects is they are super docile and loyal as well. But that's just a, a little hangover. And their skin tone will turn white. Um, 
Basically, I bet you his eugenics pipe. I'm all about the be... reduction of harm. Let's not end racism. Let's just genetically engineer everybody to be. I bet white. You his eugenics idea, his idea of gene therapy, was going to be he would personally father children on working class women in a desperate attempt to make them smarter. I assume that's what he meant. Yeah, and you know, like in um, the X Files with the shapeshifter. Yes. Who yeah. um who has a tail. Yeah. It'd be like that, but instead of him being a shapeshifter, because obviously he can't change his shape from that disgusting smug egg face. Yeah. He'll just, you know, wear a hat or a fake beard. <laughs> or blackface. I bet you he's one blackface. I bet you. Look, you know he's one blackface. I don't know, because as well as a controversialist, he in inverted commas, he's also a coward. Okay, well he's look he's priced up minstrel hats. Like he does he doesn't have the balls to do that. He's no priced way. up the minstrel hats. Nah, he no way. He doesn't have the balls. I, I reckon. Know. I don't know. Yeah. Um He is so stupid. <laughs> so I could just keep on looking ta- down at this picture. <laughs> he takes like and as like as I say, his his dad wrote the book on hmm. on on like how meritocratic societies go wrong. Hmm. And to be fair, he has completely followed it to the letter. Yeah, like he is. He's he's completely like he finds the richest person in the room and hmm. panders to whatever they particularly want. Yeah, you know, um, be it um, a nuanced take on ethnic cleansing or a nuanced <laughs> take on paedophilia. <laughs> And but, then he writes a list, a long article about where don't I have any friends? Why would anybody hang out with me? Just because I called someone stupid and said they should have gene therapy, and then made eyes at his kid. I mean, it's clearly like the actual act of it was, I think, and the timing makes it me even more sure of this that it was an attempt to, like, at worst. They have to withdraw him from the post, or mm. they have to make him resign. He comes away from the office of students, and they can talk. They can continue this, um, like culture war myth about uh, free speech in universities. Yeah, yeah. They get that. Um, at best, they put him on there, and all the attention is focused on him, so mm. that they can get away with their actual Did aim he- of further privatizing universities. The thing I saw was like, um, it was. I think they turned down five other people to choose him. That came out today. I don't know who these five other people were. I don't know, like um, someone from the Kennel Club. <laughs> um, I mean, in Ghost what way? Like, there's a like, a, there's a. In many ways, like he does have the most merit for the job. I suppose, like, if you're talking about their warped priorities, hmm. well, what they wanted for the job, like, it's his way of. He's the perfect person for that because, like I say, he gets in there. He's he's disruptive in a very like <sighs> shitty sense, like yeah. a very like in the like most specious way you could put that. Mm. Um, the universities are something that Tories want to break, and giving them his that face that mm. you've got in front of you right now, you can't tear your eyes away from it. I and can't. this is just a podcast, it's like hour long podcast. Like, I can't stop looking at him. Um. I was I was looking up kind of like trying to think about why why he's so prominent like in any other time in history other like maybe he has a use as a court oh god don't do that don't just show me pictures of Toby Young trigger warning Toby warning <laughs> Toby warning yeah um in any other time he'd be dead because there are also better people than him at doing what he does oh yeah um 
there was a Marx quote like I was looking up. Um, in acquiring new productive forces, men change their mode of production, and in changing their mode of production, in, in changing the way they earn their living, they change all their social relations. The hand mill gives you society with the feudal lord, the steam mill with the industrial capitalist. So, the question is, what kind of society gives you a Toby Young? Oh, God. <laughs> um, and it, it was kind of triggered by the fact that, like, Philip Blonde, uh, the blue, the red Tory guy came out and defended him and said, most systems should not be regulated by those wholly immersed in them. We need hybrid regulators who are half in and half out of the sector, otherwise the self-interested status quo prevails. I think appointing at Toadmeister is a good thing. And it's like... This kind of neo... Like, neoliberalism's on its arse, right? Yeah, it's... In this country, it's not doing. It's falling. It's, it, it's, it's, it's having a lot. All, of all of all of the end results are coming to the end results that I yeah. think left wingers have been predicting for a while. Yeah, you can talk. You can look at Car- Carillion, which we're probably going to look at. I think next week. Yeah, but so if that like the idea that a regulator would need to be someone like Toby hmm. Toby Young, like I think actually has a bit of a, a genealogy. I'm just going to like yeah. try, like break it down. Um. So neoliberalism seeks to replace state provision in every field with an array of consumer choices. In order for the market to work, consumers have to be told, and the consumers in this case would be like the students, need experts to be to like have good information. So presumably this office for students would act something like a consumer ombudsman. Mm. Now that shouldn't be a relationship that you have in no. universities because they don't work like that, but that's what they want to see, right? Mm. Um, so expertise... De- like determined by who is the best, like in meritocracy. If merit, if this were a meritocracy, the experts would be the best people at, like, offering that information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is crucial for a consumer to make a choice, right? Mm. Um, and kind of, we've had this like cult of experts for a while. Yeah, and it comes from a kind of. There was a time in the seventies when um, a lot of the old. Uh, like old families who owned businesses were starting to be bought out by like the financial capital, like increased financial capital. Yeah, the, yeah? the time of like Tiny Roland and all that kind of shit. Yeah, so they were being bought out. And the new management ethos at that time was you didn't have the person who owned it running the thing because mm. they would naturally, they would be within the sector, they would be within the business and they wouldn't be able to make the most profitable decision mm. because neoliberalism, you're, oh, it doesn't matter how horrific it is, you're always supposed to make the most profitable decision because yeah. in the end of the day, everyone will benefit from that, right? Mm. Um, so you had like this whole technocrat managerial class come in yeah. who were supposed to be like aggressive, hard-headed businessmen um, and like... You go through the eighties and nineties, and like by the nineties, like you think of like Davos and places mm. like that. That class of experts, which include like like columnists, opinion mm. columnists, like Thomas Friedman, and like CEOs and mm. everything like that, they were allowed to start encroaching on on state stuff like universities and things like yeah. that. So it's not that surprising to say like, well, I mean, Lord Brown, the former head of um, BP, mm. was put in charge of a review of the universities mm. by New Labour, but also Cameron put him mm. in there. He has no experience of the education sector, but mm. that's not what's important because the important principles are he knows how to turn a profit and therefore that's the best way to run it, right? Mm. Um, so he shot a load of union leaders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, oil. well, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like not unusual, yeah, to see like a CEO in charge of a primary care trust because yeah. if they were in the NHS... They would have ties to it. They would have like, 
the, interests that conflicted <laughs> with the hard, ruthless application of business. Yeah, they'd yeah? say things like, we need to clean this hospital, and then so we need to use the more expensive cleaning fluids. Yeah. Whereas a bloke from BP swans in and just sprays everything in oil. Hmm. <laughs> you can see My that... My idea of an oil tycoon just walks <laughs> around for homes of oil. Your idea of a t- an oil tycoon is just the Texas oil man from uh, Simpsons. Yeah, it's a mix between that and um, there will be blood. <laughs> it's the, that, but that's kind of true. I mean, he did drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> and like you can see those class of experts, like the idea of the expert mm. spreads into like almost every facet of life. So yeah. you've got like uh, diet techniques. By every year, you've got a new expert. Mm. You've got people telling you how to cook, how to raise your kids. There was a real like cult of it, and all those like um, super super nanny. Yeah, all those kind of reality shows they started spilling over into like celebrity and things mm. like that. So you wanted to see experts on your TV to tell you how to run your life better. Yeah, um, and that kind you kind of to bring meritocracy back into like how this cult of experts kind of got established. How do you? become an expert how what what yeah. like um what blue tit twitter check mark do you need yeah right what you need is a university degree yeah what you need is the right university degree and like a lot of the stuff they were complaining about when they were one of the kind of common things around privatizing education is that they were saying everyone's getting two good grades mm. so the very very best universities cannot decide who is good and who's the best mm. so like the whole system is designed to kind of break that inequality hmm. kind of like it's designed to produce inequality yeah. because that's actually what they want um you have the financial crisis and then all those that the kind of idea of expertise kind of at the root of where that cult of experts started in the financial sector has a massive denting like hmm. they took a massive shit all over hmm. it nearly brought the entire thing down on top of yeah. it um so you start viewing them as kind of lucky or yeah. fluky rather than smart um and Toby Young, I feel, hmm. is kind of like the end product of that. Because he is lucky. He hmm. is fluky. But also, has nobody thinks he's smart. Nobody thinks he's the right person for the job. And yet, he still has all these jobs because he has the blue check mark. He has the, he has the right thing. That's your meritocracy and that's your, your expertise. And that Philip Blonde thing about bringing someone who's half out of the sector, that hmm. could literally be anybody. Yeah. But because of who he is... Because of his lit, his class, his literally his class, his social standing, he's considered an education expert, despite he's a self-avowed failure. Yeah, it's just grimly ironic that he was supposed to be the one to disrupt the universities, mm. and of course, it it's like it, it's eating itself. That whole process is eating itself. Yeah, you know, it's just, and you uh, you even got it with the EU referendum as well when. Um, mm. Michael Gove was talking about the uh, Britain is sick of experts, yeah. but of course, what he meant was a, a certain like liberal elite, which again yeah. is another that's another favourite of Toby Young himself. Mm. Like, oh, the liberal elite, the elite. It's like you are the fucking elite. You are yeah. literally the elite. You have all of the elite jobs. I'm looking at a picture of him now. He's literally wearing the liberal elite uniform. Yeah, of bleach jeans, <laughs> shirt undone. That's it. Looks like a. That looks like. A t-shirt, possibly a music t-shirt underneath it, a blazer. Oh god, I hate him so much. But there's an there there is an underlying irony around the man as well. Like the way he dresses and the way he poses for cameras, mm. kind of suggests he's in on the joke, but also maybe not all the way. And maybe yeah. he actually does think it. I have no idea. Man has depths of disgusting depravity. He does. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. His 
like I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has seen his tweets before yeah. he deleted all. <laughs> he 40, deleted like 50,000 50, tweets. And he was in charge of um, <laughs> dealing with free speech in universities and he no platformed himself. <laughs> He's such a. Well, the idea that like your expertise consists of you making a few tweets, mm. your expertise consists of you having an opinion on that thing plus having the. Uh, the, the like the requisite status mm. status like that no, is fucking awful oh it's just yeah like i say grimly ironic yeah yeah she got to so uh thing? yeah on to the next thing okay i need to get my next picture up now for one of my favorite guys we mentioned him briefly last week oh i mean here's the thing though mm. uh, go, sorry go ahead go ahead go. okay so we're going to talk about um johan harry yes and he's back now and he's written his book. I'm not going to read his book. Of course I'm not going to read his book. I did read his article about how you shouldn't take any medication if you're mentally ill. So, like, let's let's set up some background here. For okay, let's both about- Johan Harry and what, like, our, like, like kind of interest hmm. in this topic. Like, why you were fucking furious when you were reading I was, this. I was. You were as you angry could- as I have seen you when not talking about Wales. <laughs> you could literally... Feel the temperature of me through messages. So, okay, Johan Harry, he's born in he's born in Scotland. Yeah, he's he was like he was the Owen Jones that it felt very much like he was the Owen Jones that the establishment wanted. I'm not saying was, that Owen Jones is like massively radical, but. He's a bit too working class he's the for Owen, their taste. He's the Owen Jones of like 2004. Yeah. Think about what a different world. I mean, God knows it's... I, I still don't think of 2004 as that far away. Yeah. Um, it's been 13, four, like 14 years. Mm. But also it was a very different like social situation to come up in. Mm. Kind of like hangover of the 90s. The long, the long 90s hadn't ended yet. Mm. That was a phrase I saw on Twitter the other day. The long, <laughs> the long nineties. It was about um, Eddie Izzard not getting elected, and it was saying, "Well, so his, you know, the, his power that he has over the eat, uh, cake or death mm. sketch didn't get him elected to the NEC. We <laughs> really have, you know, turned a corner, and the long nineties are over." Which I really liked. That's a really neat phrase. Yeah, but okay. So you had Harry, journalist, um, but m- most importantly, he. Okay, here's a nice little thing. He was subject. This is reading from his Wikipedia. Subject to accusations of plagiarism, a charge that Harry initially denied, but which he later admitted. He also has been identified as the author of pejorative edits under an anonymous pseudonym of his critics' Wikipedia pages, a charge which Harry has admitted. Also, and I did mention this before, I think I mentioned this before, I do like to bring it up. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying that Johan Harry wrote a story called My Brother the Whore. This has been allegedly reported, let's yes. say that, to, but co- to cover... the email address that the that he admitted to using... What was the name of that erotic novel again? My Brother the Whore. Oh. Sounds <laughs> um, like a... Yeah. A yarn. Um, <laughs> so the email address that was used to write, that wrote, that was um, registered that wrote that story... Yeah. It's the one that was used to do the pejorative edits on Wikipedia that he has admitted to using. So I'm not saying that he definitely did it, but he shares this email address maybe with someone who is horrible and wrote a story called My Brother the Whore. When um, I was looking when I was also, looking Also 
when he got found out for all of his plagiarism that he did lie about for ages. Yes. The um, accusation, I was like reading columnists at that point mm. and it was a huge thing. Yeah, and then he had to give back his Orwell Prize. <laughs> he's he's very much like an... You know how you've got like a thousand centrist columnists now? Mm. He, I feel like he was a trendsetter of a certain kind. They were all around then, but I don't think a lot of the key features of what we would now recognise as your bog standard Guardian or Independent column mm. had really been like set. Mm. You know? Maybe Polly Toynbee, but she was always, I think, a bit to the right of that. Yeah. Because she would always like say, actually, that thing you thought was bad is good. Mm. But he had a definite like he had a definite like like liberal outlook on like human rights or what human rights he would focus on mm. um pro iraq war um and like some good things as well like gay rights and things like that but he was definitely of of a mold mm. you know um and then yeah he got done in this massive plagiarism scandal when they were taking plagiarism seriously because you'd yeah. had a lot of the kind of war reporting from iraq mm. um turning out to be written in new york yeah and things like that yeah Oh, Harry did not initially return the prize money of £2,000. <laughs> you only get £2,000 for the Orwell Prize? Um, the yeah. fuck? Um, he later offered to repay the sum, um, but instead donated it to something to something that Orwell had been a member of. Am I fucked? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, he's... he. The thing is, before all this, he was a ludicrous man. Um, I think I he was a boring, was article, was boringly was ludicrous fun, man. There was a pretty good. There was a pretty funny article yeah. when um, about when he realised that he was fat because his KFC gave him a Christmas card. And it's yeah, like not to not K- to not to be mean about someone who shops at a KFC so much that they recognise you by name. Because before I was vegan, yes, chicken chops did recognise <laughs> yeah. me by name, um, and not even KFC. Oh God, no. Food Village. Yeah, because I'm I'm not a ritzy guy. <laughs> I'm not a ritzy guy. I yeah. The, if I could get a wing for fifty p. And I would buy a hundred wings. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he and, and he's not a very good writer. Like competent, but dull. His opinions boring. He had to be perfectly honest. The political climate around that time, I don't think, was conducive to like. It certainly wasn't open to radical writing. Oh god! Like the Guardian was not open to that kind of thing. I don't mm. think. Um, because capitalism had been such a rip roaring success. Yeah, this is in two thousand and six. Like, this was a know? time when he was he was welcoming like the Independent, the Guardian, but people like um, Laurie Penny weren't in those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they were she was like Red Pepper type stuff. Yes, yeah. And was that Red Pepper Counterpunch, like those kind of things? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a it was a different time, but oh god, he's just odious. And then after he got found out, yes, he. Did the correct thing. He did the honourable thing. And that is one thing I will say in his favour. I he was in a lot of places. He was mm. like the Nick Cohen, or like you say, the Owen Jones of his day. Mm. You would get a couple of articles from him every week that would be on mm. my dial-up internet. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking dropped off the map completely. Mm. You did not hear him. He did not have I don't know how he made his fucking money. Um uh, but like he 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 disappeared mm. until as far as I was concerned, until Last last fortnight. Well, I think I told you because um, it was after a friend of mine um, met him at a party, hmm. and I was like, when I when this um, this mutual friend told me, 
I was like, oh, so he's coming. Oh, he's coming back then. Mm. It's like yeah, he's coming back. And so I was counting the days until something came. I saw he had a book coming. Yeah. And then there was this article, which what was the name of the article? We're just gonna take a little break while we do the research that we really should have done, rather looking up funny stories about Johan Ari. God. Okay. Here's the thing. The pictures of him has changed massively as well because it used to be before plagiarism, like pre-plagiarism, yeah. post-plagiarism, pre-plagiarism. Quite a lot of the time, smiling. He was always very. He was quite friendly on TV. Yeah, glasses, chubby, sweet-looking guy. That's where the now, similarity with Owen Jones because he's the jumper left. Yes, he looks, but looks now, good man in a jumper. But now Johan Harry does not wear a jumper. Now Johan Harry wears a shirt with a top couple of buttons undone, leaning moodily against the wall. Shit! Look at the color of that fucking shirt. Look at the colour of that Look at the colour of that shirt. That Jesus, that that's dark blue like a soul. The colour of his skin. <laughs> um, here we go. Um, it was, is everything you think you know about depression wrong? Mm-hmm. And there's a thing, like, I was going to be a mental health nurse. Um, yeah. My parents are mental health nurses. Yes. I've got a lot of mental healthy people in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got brother-in-law who's schizophrenic very much aware of all of that it's been a big big part part of of my life life. yes Um, medical family one of the constant issues is people not taking their medication because Mm. they've heard some fucking crank and one of like Joan Harry was quite justifiably sad when his life fell apart I don't doubt that the man went through some dark times yes um he had and, been apparently struggling with not to make light of, I'll oh, make light of everything else, but yeah. he, he went through some depression. And, that's, yeah, you know. and they put him on some medication and then he's discovered, it seems like he decides to rip off, like he basically he's written an article that rips off R.D. Lang. Um, yeah. R.D. Lang was a psychiatrist who, it was it's the 70s, one. yeah. yeah. Um, he had this amazing idea of all mental illnesses is environmental and so you don't need medication really. And so he took them all off their medication and a load of people killed themselves. And that's what happens. And so he's done this. And so Johan Harry has written this article about how you shouldn't take antidepressants and they shouldn't be prescribing antidepressants. And the thing that got me really angry and when I was losing my fucking mind was the comments he was getting on Twitter, the replies of things like, I've been living a lie for 20 years. I'm going to stop taking my medication right now. And things like that. If you have been and taking antidepressants for 20 years, coming off them <laughs> all at once just like that, with no help Any medication or... whatsoever. If you want to stop taking it, that is a discussion to have with the person that prescribed them. Yes. And you taper off. You talk to an expert. You don't talk. Look, okay, I am not an expert on mental illness. Hmm. Neither is Johan Harry. Yeah. I haven't written an article or a whole fucking book about how you shouldn't do this stuff. And he's just doing this thing of wading in and saying, because I stopped taking them, everyone should stop taking them. Like um, Nick Cohen did when he stopped drinking. (laughs) But this is more likely to cause a lot of harm, whether to people who are going to stop taking their medication and then have some really suicidal thoughts and probably end up hurting themselves, or the family of people with mental illness. Like... If you've got, if you've been around schizophrenics who quickly take, stop taking their medication, it ain't fun. And if they didn't, if they stopped taking their medication because of an article written by Johan Harry, I mean, do you think that? I mean, obviously, it, like, it's a pop psychology book. Hmm. 
in mm. the barest in the barest sense of the word. Yeah. But do you think that transfers from depression to because depression, schizophrenia, are two different? Oh yeah, but um, oh no, he does. Uh, he, he illnesses. Just, he just talks about. He, he talks, doesn't. He just he, talks about depressants, but like mm, it can. He talks a lot about um, psychiatrists and in general about how doctors have one thing that they do for everything and that is give you medication and you shouldn't just take the medication. Oh Jesus! And it's that kind of bullshit. Which and it's not true. That's what I mean. Like it, like. It's a very different dis- depression and let's say schizophrenia, very different things. Like well, yeah. you couldn't, you can't. Well, the thing, even if you could say one thing about the other, about one thing, it yeah. doesn't apply to the other. Yeah. But that kind of catch-all, like like I say, pop psychology, it's actually harmful. Yeah. Um. And all of his this article is patently false. They don't just give you medication. Mm. If you ask for it, they probably will. Yeah. Um. If because you know if you. Or if you seem massively depressed and you ask for antidepressants, a doctor will probably give you them because they've got ten minutes to see you and then they've got to see someone else. Yeah. But if you want to see a therapist, you can you can get counselling. It is hard on the NHS. Mental illness is hard. Um, yeah. But he's taken this like this look at oversubscribing with depression, hmm. and one of the issues that like I have with that is like depression. We're quite good at dealing. We're not quite good, but there's. There's things in mental illness, in the mental health sector, yeah. that aren't dealt with as well, mm. like personality disorders mm. or things on like the autism spectrum, yeah, and things like that. That it's people really better, are just getting, getting to grips with. Yeah, it's like, getting better with autism, but personality disorders—that's a big mess mm. because also of all the negative connotations of having a personality disorder, mm. like that, that just means that you're Hannibal Lecter type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he like. Everything that Johan Harry does, everything is based around something that only affects him. Yeah, and so he's done. He's done it all based on that, and it's it's da- it's dangerous. It's like there's certain things that I think are dangerous, yeah. and telling telling people who are mentally ill and looking for an excuse not to take their medication because, for okay, um, I don't. I've never taken antidepressants. I don't. I don't know anyone. I don't who know does. anybody who has um, no. I know, I know, but, pe- I know, I I know people with um with bipolar, um, I've known quite a few, and when you take that medication, you do not feel good. You no. definitely don't feel as good as when you're real up there. Yeah, and th- like quite a lot of the people I know, they're always looking for anything that would tell them you don't have to take it, mm. and someone being welcomed back into the fold. Of the liberal intelligentsia telling you you don't need to take it. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. Also, the man has been proven time and time again to be a massive fucking liar and be full of shit. I, I was going to say, like, I I, I can't talk about the, the mental health thing because it's like a... I, I can't speak knowledgeably on it. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, I... I <laughs> All I can do is like some of the stuff that's been uh, reported about the stuff that's in the book. I've read like mm. I think I've read I read the prologue, mm. um, and he makes claims. He makes really some really dodgy claims in the book. There's been a few people come out and said so. He claims that between sixty five and eighty percent of people on antidepressants are depressed again within a year, which mm. to me, like I say, a layman with mm. no great knowledge of of mental health issues, mm. uh, in itself is like. Well, I mean, yeah, it's an it's an ongoing condition. Yeah. It's not it's not a cold. Um, and uh, somebody on Twitter was trying to search out his source. I'm sorry, I haven't got a, a, a 
Oh yeah, he, yeah. Uh, that, no reference one, it here. doesn't exist. Doesn't um, exist. Num- his magic his, number. He, he, did he pull put it. it out he of his put ass. it. He well. He didn't quite pull it out of his ass, but he got it from a 2009 pop psychology book called the um, a self help book called the Depression Cure, um, and it's an estimate from a from the, this self help book mainly based on a single 2004 study. Mm. Like, you may think that that's enough to pass the bar, mm. but it really fucking isn't. No. And if you are going to make these claims and have these claims in, frankly, a bigger audience than any psychological study is ever going to have, yeah. you've got to be really careful. It's like he has kind of absented himself because, like you say, mental health is becoming more more discussed and mm. the, the conversation around it mm. is is like getting better, I mm. think. But to have him blunder in here, it's like he's literally like he's been away mm. for kind of... What was it 2011 2012 mm. and then he's come back kind of five six years later blundered into the conversation and said actually that bad that that good thing mm. actually bad well the thing is I'm he really, missed the boat it's completely the thing, it's, i like the fact that mental health is talked about more absolutely i really yes. dislike yeah. how it's only talked about by um white men mm-hmm. um um rich white men who barely use the nhs and don't have to use the nhs like it's still that thing that pissed me off the the about Prince Harry. Th- I was feeling sad, yeah. and it took me years to to deal with it. And then when I wanted to deal with it, I grew up and I dealt with it. And it's like you went, you're the, you're a fucking prince. They're you the can ones- walk into any doctor's surgery on Harley Street and just say help. They're the ones who tend to like if if any if 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 you're talking about any of the environmental factors around mental health, the people who maintain the myths maintain the most harmful myths, I should say, mm. and the flippancy around talking about mental health are white men. Hmm. Like, um, There was a thing I saw, one of the quotes from his article. Um, hmm. Now, if your baby dies at 10am, the doctor can diagnose you with a mental illness at 10.01 and start drugging you straight away. That's not true. Yeah, no. That's I, true. I know, even know that's true. That's I mean, true. my mum is not a mental health nurse, but hmm. is a nurse. That's and not, you can't true. do anything like that with no. any... Pres- she's a nurse prescriber, yeah. and you can't do that yeah. with anything. Um, no, it's... Oh, it's just... Mm, mm, he's... Um, also in that uh, he does start to he's talking about um, he steals a bit from like Toulouse and Qatari and that kind of thing of and like um, what's it capitalist realism mm. you know like capitalism makes you mad yeah. type stuff capitalism makes you depressed because you have no choice and all that kind yeah. of stuff so but again he's not having an original thought because the man has never had an original thought like I say except this for the rip roaring been... plot of my brother the whore <laughs> um, do you, it's there's not a single original thought, and it's a dangerous thing to, to be saying. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I was reading up on, on some of the stuff today. His prologue um, takes place... He does... He This is how long he's been out of the loop. Yeah. His book that is, again, mm. based... Is presented as fact, but is really just based on his experience, mm. starts with a foreign trip and meeting a for, uh, 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 like oh, a yeah. person in that country and him coming to an epiphany. A Friedman-esque, Thomas Friedman-esque yeah. epiphany. That's how out of the loop Johan Harry is. Isn't it his completely true, definitely true story of getting food poisoning from... Well, no, getting poisoned from he eating got, a bad apple in, in um, Vietnam and then shitting himself to a magic moment of real, uh, like self-realisation. But apparently uh, some reports are, uh, are saying that later, uh, later on in the book he starts talking about how... Um, uh, antidepressants are bad and people in poor countries don't get depression when I think there's a, there's somebody linked to a, uh, I think it was um, Charlotte Riley on mm. Twitter Lotta Lydia mm. um, linked to the uh, World Health Organisation that says like 
75% of depressive suicides happen in lower middle income countries. But when I, I went to Vietnam, they were all so jolly. So he not only... <laughs> they were yeah. so jolly. They were dancing. They had their traditional hats and their traditional songs. And I went to a medicine woman. His thing, he did go to a medicine he woman. He literally went to a medicine woman. And that is, he does make the comparison between a prescribed antidepressant mm. and eating an apple covered in pesticides that made him ill. And so it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, what what he was... Oh, what shit, he, he brings up the fucking antidepressants in the water and the, um, yes, the medication in yeah, the water supply because, of um, because you know, it goes through your body and then you piss it out. And the, the water supply, you can't clean it out and there's these these remnants of all these all these chemicals like in the Prozac water supply. And yeah, like... and what's it going to do to you? What's it going to do? Is it going to turn the frogs gay? Um, <laughs> but... It's such a tiny percentage. There was a there was a study done that said that if you take into account the sheer amounts that are absorbed into your body and that aren't pissed out, even if you drank like two liters of of water every day for your entire life, you would still have like one percent of one dose <laughs> of antidepressant. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous, and it's the it's the kind of thing you would expect to be in that kind of book. I think that's mm. like one of the more like disappointing things. There's mm. no. There's no new way of looking at it. There's no new rubric. No. It's it's just sounds from the sound of it, just surprisingly dated. Yeah. And then layer on top of that the fucking happy savage mm. routine. Mm. That's also a sign. That's not very woke. No, he's not. That's severely not woke. No, no, it is not. <laughs> um, which yeah, been out of the loop so long. Does he even know what woke is? I wonder. You know, he's probably. He's probably got an article ready that he's stolen from some <laughs> little red tumbler to pass off as his own wisdom. I'll look forward to see who's going to write it. <laughs> That's been enjoyable. People's like, oh, he's got a new book. Who wrote it? Um, the thing is, it's that I don't like it whenever. Like, I'm probably more aware of whenever these kind of articles come because they come up a lot. Like the only yeah. time anything to do with um, psychology. Yes, yeah, and, re and actually, research science in general gets mainstream attention is when someone has done a PhD study because they've got no original ideas and they do a study that finds out that if you eat chocolate, it's good for you. Yeah, that kind of study that will always. But get it's out. generally also the way it's reported, the the yeah. headline that's attached to it, which frankly is the only thing that sticks in the memory. So then you only get things like um, important nuanced takes on alcoholism from Nick Cohen, mm -hmm. or a take on on oversubscribing from. Johan Harry. Yeah. And I'm not and that's not saying that there isn't a problem with oversubscription. There is there overprescription. There is a there is a problems with over overprescription in, in the West. Yeah. Um I'd say there's more with pain relief because that's there's a lot of money in it. Mm -hmm. Um but it's something whenever these kind of articles come out, it's just that like it's a good thing that my brother in law is in a better place now. Um but it's the kind of thing that would have been hidden from him. Yeah. Sure, because it would have he would have a used problem. it as a reason to yeah, not right. take his. Yes, yeah, the kind of thing that would have caused a problem, and the fact that he happily like, of course, Johan Harry would happily do it because it's never going to affect him because yeah. nothing ever affects him. It, it's like obviously he went away and didn't work for years, but he's obviously fine. Yeah, I find that. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I kind of want to find out what happened in mm. the and in like the, um, in the lost years. Johan Harry, the lost years. Yeah. Um, well, he went to Vietnam and ate a bad apple. Yeah, but it also like like we were talking about in the the bit with mm. meritocracy. Like, you have this, you have the two sections of like science within late capitalism, mm. whereby you've got the actual people doing the peer reviewed, very carefully tested studies, which you know 
usually are, are good. I'm not saying they're all like um, perfectly mm. done or done with the best intentions, but they are like serious academic pieces of work. They're dry. They're dry. Of course they're dry because that's what they are. Yeah, that's, because it's they not are, about they selling are, it's, not, it's not about selling a particular thing. It's about forwarding that, mm. like improving your knowledge of that area, your, your yeah. evidence for that area. But then you've also got the kind of stuff that's closer to society. And clearly he has seen that there is a like burgeoning market in mental health mm. pop literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like blundered in. You know, and that's He's what I mean. Be some fucking charity with the fucking royals, and oh, yeah, just no, <laughs> no, no. We didn't ask for this. Also, we've got no. plenty. Yeah. We our list for our award ceremony last week. Yeah. We had about twenty names on there, yeah. and I had more that I'd cut just because I couldn't. I just couldn't bear to trawl well, through any more for like what they had written this year, mm. and like the idea that Johann Harry, the proto whatever that is, yeah. cent- centrist like liberal whatever, yeah, just moseys back into town. It was well, so weird. It's like the fucking I don't know like. It's an um, early entrant for the Downward Spiral Award because he's been gone for years, waded in as soon as the year started and immediately made a fucking tit of himself. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to like come out and say, well, actually, maybe we should... Maybe. like, Okay, there's some interesting things doing at the moment with, for example, depression, with microdosing of LSD. Mm-hmm. I could see Johan Harry coming out and saying something very stupid about that mm-hmm. and encouraging people to take LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it doesn't appear to be hitting. Oh, I'll take one more just to see if it's working. Yeah. Must have got a duff badge. Yeah. <laughs> Scumbag. But yeah, that's, that's I think that's, is that, yeah. is that us for the week? I think that's it. Oh, I've got one more story, oh, yeah. uh, Yo and Harry. I, I, oh, couldn't, okay. Okay. I couldn't, like, this definitely true story. This was before his exile, hmm. right? So he was writing... He would have been making up stories about meeting really normal people who didn't like Corbyn. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's missed the Corbyn boat completely, hasn't he? Yeah, I it'd be I, interesting to see which, which I would which love to see if he, if he comes back as like a columnist mm. as opposed to a, like a book writer. I'd be interested to see where he goes with that. Mm. But before his exile, he was writing... another like, like, the, like I say, the proto, that thing you think is bad, actually good. Mm. Take about CCTV. It was like, why are people so mad about CCTV? This was 2005. It was a very different yeah. time. Um, so he recounts this story to support like why CCTV is so good. Hmm. This definitely true story that definitely happened. Yeah. Um, a month ago, I was walking back to my flat in the East End, which sits on that strange fault line between the mega wealth of the city and the mega concrete slabs of Whitechapel poverty. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... I wonder who won the Orwell Prize. <laughs> <laughs> With pros like that. Um, it was a little after midnight and my iPod was suddenly interrupted by a horse yelling. It's not strange to hear yelling here. Kind of, I mean, kind of is. Just, like, just what London image, have you been in? Like, I've lived I'm just going images of that. Um, it's the toast of London when he goes to East London and it's literally like, Ripper strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got this... This idea of like a woman in a ratty corset throwing a bucket of effluent out the, out the window. <laughs> eels, get your eels. <laughs> Freshest eels in all of Whitechapel. Did you hear? WG Grace just won the <laughs> cricket. I don't follow cricket. I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not straight to hear yelling here, but this was a man shouting, I'm going to batter you, you fucking tramp, you homeless bastard. I'm going to kill you. 
A well-suited, well-booted city boy was waving his fist and spitting hate at a terrified homeless guy <laughs> who was sitting helpless on the ground. Homeless guy mm. as well. That, like, Sinta doesn't process well. Then there emerged a classic East End scene. <laughs> a Bangladeshi, a Pole, and a few lads from Devon tried to restrain Devon. the city thug. He says Devon. Okay. Uh, what reason would I have not to believe that they were from <laughs> Devon? <laughs> Um, telling him in a babel of languages to calm down. Like an idiot, I tried to reassure the homeless guy by telling him I'd called the police, which prompted him to get up and try to run away. The man chased after him and kicked him into the road, screaming again that he was going to kill the fucking tramp. He fell hard into the road, shivering. As the police siren shrieked up to us, the city boy broke off and the homeless guy disappeared, staggering up an alleyway. The attacker then announced to the police that he was the victim here. The homeless guy had attacked him. Oh, the end. <laughs> the rest of it is just about CCTV. <laughs> I just like the ah that classic East End scene. I love multiculturalism, me, and I'm going to <laughs> s- suggest it not by anything that actually happened, but by something that didn't. <laughs> to be fair, the imaginary multiculturalism in his brain is probably really pretty. It's, it's, I imagine his imaginings are pretty. Actually, no, I've read some of his lies. They're pretty banal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My brother, the whore. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, unless he's writing erotica. <laughs> Allegedly writing erotica. I haven't read it. Maybe you should do it. I should have found it. Let cop- me just search for... Uh, <laughs> just go on my usual sites. Usual I've got sites. my bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> it's the super secret lit erotica that's for... Um, all for journalists. You got <laughs> Nick Cohen's ones. It's like the what's the journalist database for like um, f- uh, fact checking like what people have written before. No it's like uh, Lexus Nexus. That's it. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a, a database, but it's just like a journal thing you have to subscribe to. Mm. So you got one of those, mm. but for his ro- erotica, <laughs> alleged uh, erotica, alleged erotica. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what we know about about, um, about Johan Aries, he probably didn't write. It. He probably stole it. <laughs> um, but yeah, is that us for a week? Yeah, that's us for a week. Um, we had oh yeah, we did have a nice message. Someone um, asked us if we were going to do it, if we were going to have go out invite fans for a drink for a meetup. Yeah, maybe. I don't maybe yeah maybe later in the year. I I don't know. Do we have fans? Well, we apparently do. So well wishes. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I'd, I'd gone to the I'd gone to the point of just thinking of this as me literally just shouting into a microphone once a week. <laughs> but um, yeah, probably yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> As with any other comments, if you're interested, DM me. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's up for us for this week. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can follow us at wdtatw underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow me at BM Bergamo, and you can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And you can see lots of pictures of my dog. You can see loads of do. pictures of the dog. We're it's gonna. We're, is, we are inventing a whole new meme system with that dog. Yeah, I'm getting that. Just trying to get him to like look really angry. We got like really angry because he's a really fucking cute dog, and he does not do angry that well. No, he does not. No. All right, that's us for this week. Bye. Bye. Frightened am the least about the fighting game When Mr. Hoover said to cut my...